What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of PSA. I am your host, Molly Lee. Happy sparkling September, everyone. Ladies, I hope you're locking your liquor cabinets and uh, putting the corks in those wine bottles because we are trying to live our best lives in September with a little bit of a cleanse. We're trying to just drink water, sparkling water to be fancy, and, you know, get the Mio, get everything you need because we're just trying to detox a little bit and step up the other areas of our lives. So I'm trying to not wear t-shirts. I'm trying to dress up a little bit. My sister said she's trying to make her bed every day. That seems like a basic human life skill for both of us, but we're working on it. Um, we're just trying to live our best lives in September. So make sure that you're sending in pictures. I want to repost them all. I want to be encouraging everyone out there to keep living their bougiest lives We have a really great episode today. We're talking about my stint with a little bit of viral fame on TikTok. Just just a hair, just a breeze. It was nothing major. Um, But I also have a speculation that there's a group of youngsters who have moved into our apartment, and I think they're starting a hype house or content house of some sort. There's so much further investigation needed, and I need to get in on that by whatever means possible. I need to just film a little bit, have a little bit of an in- I also talk about how I went to a Botox party this week. Um, I will be taking no further questions at this time. I'm just trying to be vulnerable with everyone on the internet, so let's move on. We also have an incredible interview with one of my dear friends, Taylor Stern. Taylor works for the Dallas Cowboys and is just an all-around amazing woman, so I can't wait for you guys to get to hear a little bit about her story, so let's jump into the episode. You guys, it is such a big day for the podcast because we have our first sponsorship of sorts. We have moved out of the closet. We are in a beautiful studio space at Work Lodge in the Dallas Design District. You guys, Work Lodge is amazing. They are not only a co-working and office space, but they also have meeting spaces, conference rooms, obviously podcast studios, so much more. I'm going to link all of the information for Work Lodge in the description, but if you guys live in the Dallas area, also in Houston, they have two locations, and even in Tampa, Florida. But if you're in any of these areas and you're in need of a meeting space, you absolutely need to check out Work Lodge. They are the most incredible people, incredible owners. They are so much fun. I want to say thank you so much to everyone there who has been so kind to me, to the owners. You guys are amazing. Um, but I'm so excited and so, so grateful. So for our weekly roundup, I went to a Botox party. <laughs> Sounds so off-brand for me. Also, I think it's just the Dallas in me. Like, Dallas is so pretentious that the longer I've lived here, the more pretentious I'm becoming. Um, I talked a little bit about that with the sparkling water, and a natural next step is Botox. So it was just really in line. Chopsticks, sparkling water, Botox. So I will be taking no further questions at this time. I don't need your judgment. I'm just trying to be transparent. I'm just trying to continue to create spaces on the internet for people to feel seen and loved and valued. Um, (laughs) And one of the ways that I'm doing that is being transparent about my journey with potential Botox. I know I'm beautiful, but let's just like enhance the lips a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, I trust that you know. So something else fun about this week was I started my jumpsuit chronicles. So if you didn't see from my story, I bought this horrible jumpsuit and everyone keeps giving me advice on how to style it, which is so nice. But at the end of the day, like jumpsuits just don't work on me and that's okay. I'm not insecure about it. It's something that I've known. I was just trying something new and it looked horrible. It looked horrible, you guys. And I posted a lot of videos about it, kind of poking fun at it. But really, I started 
um, a trend where I think I'm now going to use it in different movie sketches. So the first one, I recreated Holes and posted a video about that. Holes is a cinematic masterpiece, by the way. I love that movie. It's so chaotic. I really want to recreate The Country Bears because that's a movie that's so underrated and so wild. It's got the same chaotic energy as Holes and like Chicken Run. So I think we're moving in the right direction. But out of that, I started to post some more videos on Instagram and TikTok. I had some traction with them, you guys, but even more so, I had another video that went really viral this week and has like 3 million views on TikTok right now and like 500,000 likes, which is wild. And I think that maybe I'll have some clout now when I figure out the whole Hype House situation. So to give an overview of how this started, I was in the mailroom one day and this group of really obnoxious kids walked in. And these guys can't be more than like 19 or 20 years old. If they are older than that and I ever find out, I'll come back and update but these you know it was like four guys and a girl or two girls showed up in the mail room and were just acting crazy and we were all waiting for the UPS guy and FedEx guy to put up all the packages and they basically kind of pushed them out of the way to get their stuff and started talking about how great the mail room would be for content and that was really confusing to me because I'm like no it's not but anyways and I just thought they were kind of annoying but then I realized I think they are YouTubers or trying to start like a hype house situation and I saw a parent with them for the first time the other day but it was just a dad that was pulling a trailer that had a bunch of stuff in it as they were moving in and I am so interested to find out who they are and my roommate even saw them and she told me which building they live in so I think I'm about to start doing a lot of walks during the day to see if I can get some more information and maybe try to use like my one popular TikTok to be like hey guys I'm young and cool let me into your hype house because how funny would that be if I could be on the inside and like showing you guys the true brains of Gen Z and how they operate I just think it could be very educational for all of us and if you don't know what a hype house is or a content house, I know we have a diverse age range here. Um, basically, young people have started all getting together and renting these huge houses or mansions or apartments and just living together and just making videos 24-7. So the goal basically is that they can just pump out a bunch of content. They can live in this crazy house and pack like 20 people into it and just have videos going all the time and have kind of this group mentality where you're not just following one person or five people, but you're following a whole just compound of people, basically. And I think that's what's starting at our apartment. So I'll be sure to update you guys. I'm, I'm literally going to go on a lot of walks with a mission this week and just kind of stand around. Maybe I'll pretend to vlog or pretend to do a TikTok. So like if they make fun of me TikToking and it happens to go viral on TikTok, I can connect with them. I mean, I'm okay with being embarrassed as long as the end goal is I'm invited into their apartment to figure out what's going on. All right, guys, I know we didn't have much of an introduction today, but I want to go ahead and get into this interview that I have with my dear friend Taylor Stern. Taylor works for the Dallas Cowboys as the content strategist, but more importantly, she is Judy's mother, who just happens to work for a football team. And Judy, of course, is her adorable little dog that she adopted over the pandemic and over quarantine but i cannot wait for you guys to meet taylor and hear about her incredible life so let's jump into the interview all right you guys i am so excited to welcome on a dear friend of mine to the podcast taylor stern hi taylor hi i'm so excited to be on this podcast what a dream and how cool to see it just come to fruition 
Yes, and I have to say before we even get started, Taylor Stern is the reason that PSA is alive and well today because the first time we ever hung out, which was hilarious in and of itself, yeah. it was like the most responsible hangout of all time. We just drank a bunch of water and went on like a two-mile walk and then drank more water. Um, yeah, why were we drinking water again? I forget. I don't know. It was just so hot. We just kept drinking water. So we probably drank a gallon that day. It was the literally the most responsible hangout of all time. But while we were on our walk, we were talking about our dreams and what we want to do next. And I, there was just something about someone that I had just met that believed so much in me. And you said, Molly, like, you've got to start this podcast. You would be so good at it, um, that it gave me enough confidence to make the jump. So I have to say thank you. This feels like a full circle moment and we're only on episode five, but you're I the love reason. It. Well, and the reason I felt that way, and I've, I've obviously listened to your podcast and I love when you're talking about it. But I felt that way because I was one of those people that came to your profile after everything. And I was like, oh, she's a content creator. I was mm-hmm. that person. And I believed it so wholeheartedly because you do it so authentically um, that everyone sees it and they're like, yeah, you should be creating content. So when you were saying, you know, don't know here or there, I'm like, you don't need a boss. Don't, <laughs> don't go do that. <laughs> like, true. Because then you'll get lost and your creati- creativity will suffer because mm-hmm. of that. And so when you were starting this podcast, or I think you, you said you were thinking about it and that you'd been approached about it. I was like, you have to do it. Yeah. Because what, just what we were talking about alone. Um, and granted every time I was like, Oh, you're 23. Like <laughs> only baby. saying like, I feel like I'm so old all of a sudden. <laughs> and, um, so I just knew you had to, so I'm so excited that you did. Well, this is a blast and genuinely it has been such a pleasure to get to just meet you and be your friend. We got connected over Instagram and the first day that we had messaged, I told you like, I'm not like one of those weird people that like makes friends over Instagram. And you said, oh, I do all the time. (laughs) I do. I I love making friends online. (laughs) Well, okay. So I'm like, I have to give my sister a shout out. I think she had sent me some of your videos And it was back when we were quarantining together in Denver and she lives in Nashville and Alex had sent me a few, (laughs) I think it was my, my personal favorite, the Wienermobile one. I told you that a million times and she was like, you have to watch these dude. So I started watching them, obviously fired them off in all of my messages. Then I went to your page and I was like, oh snap, she lives in Frisco. (laughs) Like we are about to be friends, whether she likes it or not. (laughs) Forced friendship. Yes. (laughs) Forced friendship is my finest work. And so I went to your photos and was like, hey, can we be best friends? I legitimately commented in all caps. Like, and then I messaged you and I was like, um, a little bit confused on why you haven't messaged me back yet. Like agreeing <laughs> to be my best friend. It feels like it's been too long. And I remember like I had um, sent that video to so many people, but I'd also been commenting on your post at the same time I was doing that. And somebody who I'd sent the video to like screenshotted my thing. It's like, <laughs> had creepy and I was like mm, don't care <laughs> like, like you're trying a little I hard <laughs> wish I cared but that will stay and then um I remember like telling Alex I was like yeah Molly and her friends now like this is happening this is happening I told my sister the same thing and what I love like I know you've already mentioned your sister but Alex is an incredible musician and so good she has amazing songs I love listening to her now but growing up with a sister is the best thing ever. And so I think that's something that drew me to you as well, because my sister and I are only 14 months apart, but there were days where like 
my mom didn't think we would ever love each other growing up. And then as we got older, like instant best friends. And I think seeing y'all's relationship kind of similar of like you two just being obsessed with each other all the time. I was like, I get, I, when you meet someone that gets it, that gets that sister bond, it's like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And it's like, when you say that we're obsessed with each other, all I can think about is like earlier when I was like texting her and she was like, calm down. And I was like, you calm down. Like that was (laughs) a legitimate text that we had. So, but it's like that obsession where it's like, if something were to happen in my life, she or my mom or my dad would be the absolute first people that would know about it. And so, uh, yes, I agree. And when we were talking about it, like the beta inside joke of (laughs) living across from a frat house. I was like, yeah, we understand each other, and we were destined to be best friends. I'm not freaked out. I assumed you weren't a murderer, like, (laughs) TBD. Yeah, I just showed up to your apartment. I was like, am I going to get murdered? I don't know. It'll be fun. It'll be a good story for the the podcast. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I feel like I was like, hey, my dog's here. Like, if somebody has a dog, I assume they're not a murderer. True. And then if they rescue a dog, even more not a murderer. But, like, you're you're the number one new dog mom. You've adopted Judy. She's part of your family now. I gave a little intro to Judy, but she's one of my favorite follows on Insta because she's just lots of sass and fun. Um, so how much has your heart grown <laughs> over the last yeah, few months? I mean, you know, my mom was basically like, oh, you're such a better person now that you have an animal. And I was like, oh, so I was pretty awful before? Like, great. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, it's funny because, yes, her Instagram is Miss New Judy and very sassy in all her captions, just kind of like, you know, there are no Fs on right. that profile, if I can say that on yeah. syndicated radio. Yeah. Um, but she has no Fs given. And it's hilarious because she is the calmest dog on this planet Earth. Like, that name fits her in no regards. She is not crazy. She's not sassy. She's just absolutely angelic. Yes. Like, she should be Teresa. <laughs> Mother Teresa. But... I just liked Miss New Judy better. So yeah, there's no time to rename. You know, once it sticks, it sticks. So I it love sticks. that. <laughs> yeah, she'll amazing. have to grow into that name. Yeah. I know you mentioned it a second ago, but it's truly my dream to like live next to a frat house again because I just love the ambiance of it all. And when you say that you live next to a frat house, you really mean it. Like your apartment complex overlooks the backyard of a fraternity house at SMU. They like had to move off campus for something. I don't know. But I love seeing your videos because you post about it on your story all the time. And I just love keeping up with those boys. They just look like they're having the time of their lives. They certainly are. And, you know, they don't wear shirts, which (laughs) I'm, I'm okay with. I don't say that in a, you know, inappropriate manner. I just know that it's very warm yeah. in Texas and they seem to always wear, be wearing cut off shorts mm-hmm. with um, cowboy boots, of course. Yeah. And um, then a, a cowboy hat or like a backwards trucker hat thing. And then now they're playing this new dice game that seems mm. really exciting for them. They're just day drinking at 3 p.m. <laughs> most days. <laughs> so Honestly, it's such a vibe. I like I halfway regret starting Sparkling September already, and it's just now September 1st, but I know it'll be great. You know, we're going to have clear skin, full hearts can't lose, but yeah, it's upsetting to see people live your dream of day drinking with a dice game at 3 p.m. with a never-ending summer. That sounds perfect to me. 
Okay, so I gave a little intro to you and your life and your career, but you work for the Dallas Cowboys as the content strategist and have had such an incredible career. I mean, I could go on and on about the accolades that you have, but I want to I want you to share a little bit about kind of your journey to get where you're at. And again, with the framework of this podcast, if people have never listened before, I was deep in a quarter life crisis when I quit my job. I went on a road trip and just started this journey of discovering who I was and who I wanted to be and how how, um, just learning how to overcome failure and trials in a positive way. And I know that you have had such an incredible journey so far. And one thing that I love about you is you are so accomplished, but those things that should be a ceiling for people like milestones that should be like, okay, well this caps it off. You genuinely just use it as another level of a new floor and a new stepping stone for you. You don't let yourself get boxed in. So just share a little bit about your life, your upbringing and how you got to where you are now. Well, it's so funny that you say that. Cause I don't think I I've told you that, but um, I remember when I did get the Forbes accomplishment, uh, it was very exciting, obviously, but I was talking to a good friend of mine who had gotten it the year before and he was basically saying like, yeah, that's, that's great that you get it, but like, do not let this be your ceiling. Like Mm -hmm. you don't want to be that girl that got on this list and then they're looking back at your career and they're like, Taylor Stern was on Forbes 30 under 30. Like, what did she do? Mm -hmm. You know? And in the sense he was making a good point because for women in sports, a lot of times your career is very short because it's not easy to be a mom or to juggle a lot of different things in your life in sports. Mm -hmm. They just don't make it easy. And I I get it. I understand it. I would wish that it could be different, but unfortunately in a lot of cases it's not. And so when he said that, I understood why he was saying that, you know, saying like, Hey, don't just, you know, go be a mom or go do this. Not that that's not an accomplishment, But some people may look at like, oh, she ended her career at 28. Yeah. And so, but it's also interesting to me because I've been strictly in sports for my entire career and going back to college when I was volunteering and like not even going, like I lived through this frat house for spring break because (laughs) I never went on one. I don't know what that was like because I was working. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's just been so interesting to see like, I think a lot of people, you talk about your quarter life crisis, but a lot of people have gone through a different revelation period during this pandemic where they're like, hey, do I like what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. And I like what I'm doing, but in a lot of ways, I put my whole identity in what I'm doing. Right. So, you know, I love the fact that I work for the Cowboys and it's a great situation. And when I was 23 and I had just gotten the job, it was the first thing I mentioned when I met someone because I knew what that did that gave me instant credibility that gave me instant um, leverage all of the things that you want and you work for in a career that I just got handed to me in essence because the brand is so powerful and so what I've realized though is that I've lost a lot of myself in that like who really is Taylor Stern if I'm going to be introducing myself to someone yeah I know they can go to my Instagram and they can see that I'm Dallas Cowboys and that's an instant in if you would but then it's like oh okay well I'm so much more than that but who is that because you kind of forget to learn that about yourself and so identity has been a big thing I've worked on probably most of the last two years and so um, that's a huge part of my journey is that at first I think I was just really 
wanting to get into sports and like climb this, you know, proverbial ladder and then realizing like, well, when you get to the top, like, who are you? Yeah. And who's around you? That's a big thing too. Like, you know, cause to get to the top sometimes it's not a very like appealing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that you even talked about like not having spring breaks, understanding like kind of that obsessive work personality of putting your identity, because it's also a positive thing of having vision of knowing where you want to go and what you want to accomplish. But I think like I identify so much with that because when I was questioning quitting my job, it became this thing of like, I've never taken a break or a pause. I've been working since I was 16. I gave up summers. I didn't enjoy anything. I graduated early to start my career and do it at the same time I did my master's while in my first full-time job in Dallas like there was so much overlap of me trying to climb this imaginary ladder of success that really left me with nothing because when I did graduate in May and my life came to a full pause of like I don't have anything else to accomplish I don't have anything else to do I think with people who are so driven and so accomplished and want to have so much in their life and see that so clearly it's such a blessing and a curse at the same time because like you talk about it can be a lonely road when you get to the end of whatever you're trying to achieve and realize like what is my framework for success and is this even really valid or was it just this made-up construct the, the whole time of like I've been successful in my life and I just wasn't seeing it because success I had only put as like three different boxes that I needed to check. So yeah, I felt horrible about a month ago. I get a lot of different DMs from girls who are in college who are like, Hey, I'm trying to get into sports. And I love it. Like, cause I did, I was that person. I was the person who, when social media was first starting and I had access to talk to these people directly, I would, I was the person who was like sending them tweets. Every time I get that DM, I'm like so honored. Mm-hmm. And they're always like, Oh, I'm so sorry. This is so weird. I'm like, no, this, this is something I would do. Yeah. So Um, I always have conversations with them or set up calls. And so I had gotten a call from this girl about a month ago and she was talking to me about figuring out, you know, purpose and how to get into sports and all, all those fun things. And she, I think she was mentioning like she had studied nursing and then realized like she didn't want to be in nursing because she didn't really like it, but she wanted to go into sports. And she was just telling me, she was like, well, you have the dream job. Like you you're doing all these great things. Like I can't imagine what it would be like to work for the um, Cowboys and all these different things that she just assumed was amazing. And she was like, how did you know your purpose? Like, when did that moment come for you? And she was like, cause I've just graduated college and I just don't know my purpose. And I was like, how old are you? And she was like, I'm 22. And I was like, all right, well I'm 28 and I still do not know my purpose. Yes. And so I think that there's this there's this idea, especially a lot for um, driven individuals, that one day we're just going to like find this little piece of paper that's like, Taylor Stern, here's what you were meant to do. Totally. And, and I would love that, right? Because that's my personality type to be like, okay, this is what I know I was meant to do. And so it takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of supportive people around you to help you because I just, I know there's never going to be that day. Yeah. I love that like, your brain I you just have a fascinating brain to me of like jumping on the train of seeing social media as networking and taking after like just running after all of those opportunities and helping young girls now kind of 
just giving them advice and kind of helping them step into whatever is next, um, especially if they're wanting a career in sports. Because I think, too, there can be so much competition just in life in general that people think their strength is their security of like, hey, I made it and I worked really hard to get here. But there's so much strength in like pulling other people up with us. Um, so I just think that's beautiful that you shared that about like having people reach out to you and getting back to them and seeing yourself in them. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that took some time though. I mean, I love to sit up here and be like, look at me helping the next generation. (laughs) I'm full of wisdom, but, um, it took some time. Competition is hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that more so than anything, it's like looking your insecurities in the eyes and be like, why do I feel this way about this person? Right. What is threatening me about them? And there are many things. I mean, if I could get really real, it's like, oh, sometimes like when I see somebody and I go to their Instagram page and it's just full of bikini photos, they could be the nicest person. But for some reason that hits on my insecurity of body image. Yeah. And so, you know, they could do anything and I have to personally get over that. And so there are lots of different things with the competition factor. And I mean, it goes with men too, though. I feel like sometimes, especially with different men, I overcompensate. Mm-hmm. I try to be like, oh, no, no, I know what I'm talking about. Right. And then it's like, wow, you didn't have to be that aggressive. Mm-hmm. We want people around us to be happy. We want yeah. people around us to like us. And I don't think, I think for so long I've seen that as such a bad thing and that's not. But understanding like, okay, personally, I've recently discovered like, okay, I have to have like a personal advisory board right? Where if I'm a business, if a business is running, they have this, you know, board that says, okay, here are the good things. Well, in the same sense for yourself, if I'm such a people pleaser and approval seeker, like I am, then I need people around me who I trust and have been proven to know they only want the best for me Mm -hmm. to give me true opinions. Yeah. Anyone else? Bye. Like I can't, I don't have enough time for it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just realizing that has kind of freed me a little bit because before I was the same person who was like, Oh, you know, should I appeal to more men or women? Yeah. Like when I post something on my Instagram story, like, is that a little bit like too feminine? Yeah. And it's like, but that's me. Yeah. You know, one other thing that I love about you talking about Instagram stories is you are such an advocate for mental health and just normalizing mental health and conversations around it. And that's a big segment on the show. I try to have like a mental health moment or something that we talk about every week. And I think it's so encouraging to see you post about mental health. Um, I guess just kind of how did you land in this place of being so open about talking about mental health? Cause it is so important. And I love that things are starting to shift where more people are speaking out about it. Yeah. And, um, and you know me. So when I posted, like, I think it was a month ago, it was like that like meme photo and it was like, but it was about mental health in my caption. I got all these messages that were like, stay strong girl, like praying for you. (laughs) And I was like, honestly, y'all thanks for your thoughts and prayers, but like, I'm good. (laughs) I don't need them. (laughs) That that, I'm please put them where they deserve to be like not here. And so it was so funny because opening up about mental health, all these people were saying like, just, you know, you can work through this. And it was like, yeah, I know, but like, this isn't the only time that I'll have to work through this. If you know about mental health, you know that it's just like your physical health. And it's just something I was talking to someone the other day and I said, you know, mental health to me is like a gym for your brain. Yeah. Right. 
And so if you're working on your mental health, just like you are your body in the gym, then you're going to be an overall healthy person. But there's a lot of people that I see as of recently who are like, hey, like got the physical health thing down, but then their mental health is all out of whack. Right. And they just assume that that's going to just like mend itself. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it, it actually takes a lot of work and a lot of reflection and understanding that different things from your childhood might affect you later in life if you really understand mental health. And, you know, that's not me shame gaming anyone who's yeah. coming to the conversation and saying, hey, you don't know enough. Mm-hmm. Because I, I at times feel like, oh, I don't know enough to speak on this. I may not, but I also know that I'm learning about it and I'm open to learning about it and I do want to talk about it. And it's one thing for me that I've noticed is a lot of men don't go to therapy. Yeah. (laughs) And talking about therapy is so uncomfortable for men. Mm -hmm. And so when I have an audience that's 78% men, it's very uncomfortable, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. There is such a connection. It's not that it just happens to be this way. There's such a connection of the vulnerability of therapy and being okay with not being okay um, that it is hard a lot of times for men. And this isn't even like reinforcing a stereotype because some men are still like very in tune with their emotions, but it's still hard to go to therapy because it's acknowledging that they can't fix themselves, that they need help. And there is like that provider burden and other things that are culturally placed on men that like accepting help is something that's really, really tough. So I think especially with your platform and your audience, when it is predominantly men, like you talk about, and you're speaking out about it, like there is so much power in you speaking out about it and with other people in the sports world, because I think the more you normalize things, obviously, the more it's all about just getting people the help that they need. And Mm -hmm. I think just as time has gone on and more studies have come out about things, like there are so many young people that struggle with anxiety, depression, body dysmorphia, other issues, Um, and they don't even realize that it's a problem because it's become so normalized in society. And so I think especially when you take an industry like um, sports and you have people that are speaking up about things and kind of showing that vulnerability is actually powerful, it is so impactful. And I just think it's really special to see how much has started to change over the last few years and more people speaking out about stuff. To look yourself in the mirror is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And it's you know, you start to realize like all these not so awesome parts of yourself and you're like, well, why am I like this? Right. And self-awareness, like your podcast is called, <laughs> is so wonderful in fixing that. If you would, I, I don't think we're ever fixed, but totally. or at least helping that, that um, more people are becoming more self-aware. A big detour for me was price. It was, mm-hmm. I think it cost like $150 straight up out of pocket. And I was like, yo, like I am not balling like that. Cannot do that. So I found, I literally typed in like cheap therapy and yes, that can be scary at times, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I found this organization called open path that works with different insurances, works with no insurance. And it just cost me like 15 bucks. Amazing. And so that's a meal but it's also like doing so much for me. Yeah. I love that you talked about too, like people on social media being worried about you because people are constantly like, are you okay? And not just like from an out, they're like, do we need to call someone? Because I use humor as a mechanism to cope and obviously love comedy that it really is like, 
whenever I'm really bad, I'm not posting about it. So when I am making jokes, it's like I've worked through a lot to be where I'm at in this season with this topic. But even today, I had some girl message me back and was laughing at a story and said, you know, sometimes I really am like, should I be laughing or should I call someone for her? And I'm like, I'm fine. (laughs) Everyone's fine. We're fine. I'd be like, thank you. This is not a cry for help. This is not a cry for help. I'm just seeking validation and attention online. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's funny because I did I had the same amount of people that I had who were like, hey, thoughts and prayers, stay strong. I had a ton of people who were like, thank you so much. Yeah. I've wanted to talk about this. I don't know how to talk about this. And I do think it's one of those things because social media is such a tricky landscape at mm-hmm. so many different levels. So, yes. Yeah. I always assume that you have your life together because you're in a book club. And to me, anyone that's in a book club just feels very like an elite member of society. Very hoity-toity, very has their life together. Well, is saying the B word on this podcast illegal? No. It's the bad bad bitches book club. So I would not ever assume that those girls have their life together. (laughs) Shout out to my bestie, Jill Berger. We stem from New Mexico together so uh, she came here and I came here she went to tech red freighters baby Reckon, baby this is a she red was, raider podcast this was red raider presents <laughs> yeah. and so she started this book club about three months ago I guess and then just 12 women who we all really didn't know each other that well at all before and we have these book club meetings that are hilarious and like I think people just think like we're Stepford wives or wannabe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're legitimately bowling our eyeballs out most of the yeah. time. Like, cause, and it's so unique because every single girl that's in it, not saying myself, but every single one in the group is like drop dead gorgeous. And they'll open their mouth and talk about something. I'm like, oh my God, you, you deal with like body image issues too? Like, what? Right. And it's so interesting to see because all of our books are like super deep and super. Uh, self-help and it's so cool to learn that and to witness that and so the book club I would say it's the opposite of having your life together but I love that everyone who sees it like I get so many messages that were like good for you honey like I didn't join a book club until I was in my 50s and I'm like well if you only knew amazing and I love the realness that comes with it of just like getting to know people breaking down those barriers yeah okay before we end I always share embarrassing or funny or wild stories on this podcast about my life um do you have any crazy stories relatable stories funny stories that you want to share or your most embarrassing moment I have so many give me a topic and I'll tell you one on that (laughs) You're like, like I, we I'm have like, a Rolodex here. Like, I'm like, dating, work, like, there's so many. Um, let's do sister. let's do a dating one because so many people have asked on my story that they want to hear embarrassing dating stories. And I'm like, well, listen, I would tell it to you if I had any, like, dating stories at all. Like, I don't. So let's go with a dating one. Appease the okay. people. Appease the people and keep it PG. Yeah. Um, so... Let's call him Ralph. So Ralph was, um, he was a guy who I think had been my friend since middle school, but it was like, oh, we're about to be seniors in high school. Like, should we date? And so Ralph decides that he's going to ask me out on a date. And I was honestly pretty stoked. And, but you know, when you've been friends with somebody for so long and you're like going on a date, you're like, is this like weird or are we like changing the way that we talk to each other now? Right. Like, what's happening? So Ralph picks me up 
And I'm super pumped. We're going to go see Transformers. This is in the day and age when you went to movie theaters, if you can remember far, far, far back. Yeah, go back so, in the day. Go back in the day. So we go to the movie theater. It's like a decent movie. I don't know. I'm not like a huge Transformers person. So we leave and like he's driving me back and I'm just like, cool movie. Like, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, all right, awesome. Like, good times fist bump and, bro <laughs> fist bump and so like we're just being so incredibly awkward and like he like pulls up to my house and he's just talking to me for a bit like so yeah like and I'm like are we about to kiss what's happening he's like I think you should get out of the car because I'm about to fart and I was like okay <laughs> yeah sure I'll get out of the car now so like I like get out of the car and I'm like by like waving to the window like so he's farting now (laughs) (laughs) like it was so uncomfortable and then like this was over the summer so like I didn't see him again until we came back to school and I just remember like seeing him and being like like assuming this was not going anywhere (laughs) (laughs) but it was like one of those things like I think we were next to each other like at a bonfire and I was like so like why did you do that and <laughs> it's awful ralph that romantic dog look at him yeah oh and then his name came up recently because obviously i'm single now and somebody was like hey ralph like he might be single and i was like no <laughs> you're like <laughs> ralph and i have a history it is very um packed full of bad memories so it's a no. lots of gas like <laughs> Hard Lots pass. of gas. It's gonna be a hard pass for me. That's amazing. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah, I feel I've, so bad for I've you. Plenty more dating stories that are quite awful, but that's another podcast entirely. <laughs> Have you gone on any like dating apps? Yeah, the dating scene in Dallas is scary. Um, again, I'm from like super small town, used to knowing everyone type of vibe, and the people in Dallas like you either have a fishing picture or you have a guy that's like selling drugs and there's not really an in-between right now (laughs) yeah you know and I'll like put something like clever that I think is so funny and being like oh my god like guys my joke yeah right and then like they'll respond and be like hmm interesting like I never thought about that and I'm like no I'm I'm not being serious like (laughs) that was a joke (laughs) you're like Like, hey I'm trying to make you laugh but it's obviously not doing great yeah it's it's, it's hard but that's where some of my best dating stories have come from so maybe just for r&d for the podcast you might have to actually go on some of these dates yeah the thing is like the thought of messaging some of these people back makes me want to vomit in my mouth so we're really gonna try to expand the horizon i'm i think i'm gonna up my age a little bit on the dating apps just to see we just have to get some spice in my life Trust me, my age range is not doing so hot either. So, I think we just need to move. That's the only option at this point. Yeah. That's the only option. Well, we figured it out. So, there we go. So, pack your bags. <laughs> pack your bags, ladies. We're moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Taylor, thanks so much for coming on. This was a blast. I love you so much. So grateful love for your you. friendship. This was awesome. Judy loves you too. Bye, Judy. Because I'm I'm that person now who says, like, my dog says hi. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Bye, Judy. Bye, Taylor. 
All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning into PSA this week. As always, you can find me on social media at Molly Lee 31. You can follow the podcast at Painfully Self Aware Podcast on Instagram. We're going to be sure to update about Sparkling September and sharing your bougiest pictures. So I cannot wait. The more elaborate, the more my heart is just going to soar. So do your worst, ladies. I'm thrilled. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, all the things. I don't even know what to tell you, honestly, at this point. You guys are so amazing and I'm so grateful. I love you guys so much so much and I can't wait to talk to you next week. See ya.